next Saturday with Conor Mungon on RTE Radio 1. Hello again. Well, what do we know about cost of living measures or rather what do we think we know based on weeks of speculation as to what's coming down the tracks next Tuesday for measures by government to help out people who are struggling with their bills. Well, there are strong indications so far that the reduced rate of VAT on hospitality uh, will be increased uh, from 9% to 13.5%, that excise cuts on petrol and diesel may be phased out, but we don't know for sure. So we'll go to our panel on this first. On the hospitality issue, uh, Jennifer Whitmore, the 9% rate, given the pressures that small businesses are under at the moment, food bills, um, wage costs, everything else, is there a case for keeping those VAT rates at 9%. So what I would say that over the course of this crisis, whether it's the energy or, or you know, the, just the entire cost of living crisis, we haven't really seen much evolution from government policy on this. So Social Democrats this week called for um, the government to introduce a limited um, and targeted price cap, not just for residents, but also for businesses. And that Energy would, price cap. Uh, yeah, so essentially, because if you look at the small businesses, the, the, the main problems that they're facing and the pressures they're facing at the moment are in relation to the incredibly uh, high costs of uh, electricity and gas bills that they're seeing at the moment. Okay, so, so no to keeping the VAT rate well, at 9%. Well, what we're saying it? that, so this is the Social Democrats' proposal sure. that they actually put this cap on because that would give clarity and certainty to residents and businesses and would also bring back their uh, energy costs to affordable levels. In the absence of the government taking that proposal on board, I think that, you know, a specific measure like the, uh, that there should be a continuation of that uh, VAT rate to help those businesses because we are seeing a lot of, particularly the smaller hospitality businesses going under and you know we, we really can't allow that and when you look at the the uh, supports that have been given to businesses so far by the government they're clearly not working and um, when you look at the temporary uh, business support package out of the 1.2 billion that government had actually allocated for that only 26 million has actually been right. drawn down so I think it's clear that on, on the energy price cap what's so your far. costing on that? Oh, the energy price cap. So uh, Germany have actually introduced this. So it's not something that uh, hasn't been done and it hasn't been proven successful elsewhere. Now, obviously, their their uh, rates were much higher. We're costing it at around three billion. But if you look at what the government has actually put into things like the electricity credit so far, you know, this this would actually address people's needs at the moment and provide the clarity, the certainty, I think, which is what really people need to see as well. From All right. It. Richard Boyd Barrett, um, if they were to do one thing, what should be top of the list? nationalize energy uh, uh, and restore the not for pro- the not for profit mandate of okay. a nationalized energy uh, system since the ESB took on a for profit mandate and we deregulated and pr- effectively privatized the energy sector prices have gone through the roof we were told at the time competition would improve matters the exact opposite has happened and now we're seeing the bitter fruits of that in the face of this wider uh, energy crisis there is massive profits being made here and internationally by all these companies massive profiteering so if we're going to introduce price caps which we've been calling for for about a year and a half it has to be done in a way that strips out all the profiteering, right? And then we can get a real costing of how much it would cost. Right. And do you have a ballpark figure on what nationalising the energy companies would cost? No, because, you see, the, pro- the, the problem is we don't know how much profiteering is going on. And until we actually are in control of the energy sector and strip out the profiteering... Uh, I, I don't think we can get an accurate figure. And even the government are saying that. The government are saying, oh, we don't know how much we'd have to subsidise. Absolutely, we don't know because the whole thing is privatised and run for profit. 
Uh, so what we need to do is strip out profiteering. And by the way, not just in energy, we're seeing it in, from parts of the retail sector with food prices going sure, up. Which, a lot of uh, which is, is driven by energy. And let's go to Neil Richmond on that. As the primary driver of, of inflation in the economy at the moment, which is still running high, okay, the rate of increase is coming down, but it is, prices are still increasing in the economy, food bills, energy and everything else. What's the big plan to tackle the cost of energy for businesses and for people paying their household energy bills? Well, there's a couple of things going on, some at a national level and some at a, a European level. And it's where the European level that we can have a huge impact because regardless of whether we nationalise or privatise energy, we're still dependent on global energy resources and that's changed massively over the last year. Uh, in terms of at an EU level, there will be the the introduction of the windfall tax. There will be energy caps at a European level. In for, six manner, for six from, months. For six months. From December to but that'll June, give us an which opportunity, is not sufficient. But that'll give us an opportunity to actually do it on a scale that's sustainable and affordable. In terms of a domestic level, Jennifer's right. The temporary business energy support scheme has not been operating as, mu- as well as we'd like it. We've budgeted 1.2 billion euro that we want to see spent. It's There's no prizes for it not being spent. So we're re- reviewing the scheme. Um, I've been going out and speaking with businesses, even though it's run by Obviously, it's very relevant to my department. I've been speaking to businesses of all sizes up and down the country to make that scheme easier, um, to expand it, to make sure that more businesses can get into that. And that gives them up to 40% off their back from their energy. Wouldn't one of the things to do, and you talked about European level there, the price of renewables is pegged to the price of gas. And as gas shoots up, initially, the idea behind that was to incentivise investment in the renewable sector so that renewables could turn a profit that would be self-sustaining. But now that the price of gas has shot up way beyond what the input costs in renewables are, is there a hard argument to be made at European level to uncouple the price of gas and the price of renewables and allow renewables to be sold cheap and incentivise people to sign up to companies who are providing renewable energy? That's an argument that's ongoing at a European level and the Irish government have been winning. No one's winning it. Well, everyone's losing, to be honest, at the moment because energy bills are going up. There's a vicious war in Ukraine that's driving it up, um, as well as other global factors. But we have seen big moves, particularly from the Spanish government and our colleagues in Portugal, the two countries I'll be visiting very soon, to see that decoupling. It is a debate that the Irish government is very keen to see. What side are we on? Well, we're on the side of, can we make this work? Um, In theory, it sounds great, but can we do it in a way that's affordable and sustainable? If that can be a method can be worked out to achieve that, then the Irish government will absolutely back it. And what are the criteria for affordable and sustainable? Well, if there's a long-term way that we can make sure that the, this decoupling lasts, because the price of gas obviously is coming down consistently at the moment, we want to make sure that the price of renewables then isn't put artificially high. Richard Boy Barrett? Look, I mean, you see, I mean, something we didn't get to discuss here today. There, there was an ongoing policy, for example, by the Department of Energy to lobbying effectively on behalf of IBEC to get the domestic user of, of energy to subsidise big business. We had reports last week of the big multinational users of energy having much lower tariffs than the ordinary domestic user or uh, small business, right? Now, what does that indicate? That indicates these companies have very considerable latitude to reduce tariffs for ordinary people. But they don't because they can make profit uh, from the current situation. And what there seems to be absolute reluctance, we talk about a windfall tax, but do nothing about it. We still don't have a windfall tax. And even the windfall tax that's been proposed is, to be honest, not nearly enough. Right. So there is not a will to go after profiteering. And if I could just say the point about wind energy, it is the government's 
plan and it's already doing this to give over all the key sites for offshore uh, renewable uh, wind energy to private companies. So it's going to benefit not a whit the ordinary domestic user in this country, but profit big multinationals. Two points there, Richard. Surely you accept that if we're going to do anything, be it on a windfall tax or an energy cap, it has to be done on a European level. For Ireland just to do it on our own will completely... No, other countries other have countries already done it. Yeah, other other countries have done it. Totally different models, both in terms of Germany and Spain, and they had domestic energy, energy production rates that are nothing compared to what we have in relation to actually achieving that domestic energy pump through offshore wind and otherwise we need to have the means and the resources and the capability to develop that to make sure that it's sustainable and that it can be run in a way that can maintain and wash its face going on. Jennifer Whitmore very briefly on So so just in relation to the the price caps Neil those price caps that are being brought in for the six month period are for the uh, say the wind farms the the, uh, electricity non-gas electricity generators Um, they are not what that is needed it is needed for a longer period but also what's needed is price caps at a consumer level which the government isn't bringing in but was, is completely within the government's remit and as I said Germany have done it other countries have, have done it, it is a, Jennifer, a, Germany and Spain are the only two countries who have done it and they've done it in models that one Spain got a derogation based on the decoupling No, 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 no this is, a, this right. is for, for, for residents and for businesses is, you know, is price caps on what they Spain pay and, and Germany have done it and well no no I think you're talking about the generator level so it is absolutely within the government's remit to be able to do that it is a limited price cap it would mean that it can be costed um, and it, it, it also would right. not encourage the uh, overconsumption I, of energy I, I, which I, is really important I'm going to have to go have back to Carl Kinsella who's, who's at the Ireland for All rally because we wanted to check back in with him Carl what's happening now how many are there where's the rally Hi Colm um, yeah well certainly the number of people here has swelled significantly since we spoke at the beginning of the hour um, I'm obviously I'm not a professional head counter and sure. the data the data people will work it out afterwards you know by seeing how many people cross a certain point but it's 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 easily in the thousands um, where the full length of Cavendish Row is taken up with people there's throngs of people on O'Connell Street and the line is still it's backed up all the way around the corner at the Garden All right, and, and the so, atmosphere there um, you, you talked about a fairly light touch guard the presence there earlier is it fairly family friendly what's the atmosphere like so far? Yeah, absolutely. There are there are families here, and the guardie are very much on the sidelines. There's no sort of um, it's it's uh, it's being allowed to flow very freely. Just you know, they're managing traffic on O'Connell Street, but other, otherwise, there's no no suggestion of any kind of uh, of um, imposition on that level. All right, and no no visible sign of any counter demonstrations. Um, well, I did. I had one woman stick an iPhone in my face and demand a few answers of me. But I, it's to call it a smattering would be generous. I think. I think the if there are counter demonstrators, they're in a very, very low number. Okay. All right. Thanks to reporter with Journal.ie, Carl Kinsler there, and thanks I get, to my I get messages from our people there saying it's absolutely huge. Right. That's Richard Boyd <laughs> about to pull his coat on and and head to town. My thanks to Neil Richmond, Minister of State at the Department of Employment, uh, Jennifer Whitmore, Social Democrats TD for Wicklow, Richard Boyd Barrett, People Before Profit TD for Dunleary, who's on his way out the door as soon as he can. And that's all we have time for. Sean Marham was our broadcast coordinator. Research was by Andrew Fleming. Tommy O'Sullivan was on sound. And the programme was produced by David O'Sullivan. Stay tuned for Saturday Sport with Des Cahill and John Murray. Saturday with Colm O'Mungon on RTE Radio 1. Listen back on the RTE Radio Player app.